Welcome to the South Mims U Soccer Studies podcast. If you've listened to us before, you'll know that our Soccer Studies faculty is a truly global institution. My name is Jerome, and I'm based in the leafy idyll that is South Mims, a village which nestles in the Hertfordshire countryside in the lee of the Great Ring Road around London, known as the M25. And my colleague, the esteemed soccer intellectual Martin, is based in Sydney, New South Wales. Yes, that's right. All the way down under in Australia. How are things over there, Martin? Well, pleased to report, Jerome, all is well here, but it is the middle of the night, and I am starting to wonder why it's me that always has to do the night shift. Well, because you don't need much sleep, do you, Martin? You have an unearthly quality which suits the night. Thank you. You're always so kind. Our uh, Department of Undead Studies has been trying to recruit you for years, but you've uh, always refused to join. Isn't that right, Martin? Well, funny you mention that. I was heartened when I found out that one of my local teams back in Essex, uh, Saffron Walton Town, are known as the Bloods. But anyway, I, I prefer soccer to, uh, to life or death. We all know what's more important. Indeed, and that's a very clever reference to that famous Bill Shankly quote, and a reminder that we should focus on our main topic for this episode, which is how supporting a losing team can be bad for your health. Jerome, Jerome on, yeah. on Shankly's words... I think I prefer the philosophy of Rafael Benitez. What was it he said? Football is the most important of the least important things. Anyway, I would argue that supporting a team which loses regularly can actually be good for you. If you can frame the loss in the right way, philosophically. In other words... Learn to be stoic about it. Well, that's true, and I do agree with you, and, and I think I hope I practice that myself. But actually what I'm talking about is something much more physical. There has been research that shows that sports fans, American football, European soccer, and, and fans of both rugby codes, react to a loss by eating more after the game and the next day. You're not telling me that there's, there's actually been serious research on this subject. I am. I mean, there's lots of strange bits of research out there. But this one comes from a 2013 paper from the French-based Inseed Business School by Dr. Yann Cornhill and Professor Pierre Chandon. Oh, you're always very learned. Now, how did they conduct their research, though? Did, did they decide to support, I don't know, Barnet or Watford? Or, <laughs> In, I tell you what, what? <laughs> even poor old Fort William. You know, Fort William had the worst record in the UK, I think, until... August last year anyway, when they got their first win. I think it was their first win in, oh, 69 games, I think. Now, now their fans must have been tucking in, if you're right, must have been tucking in at a frantic rate for more than 700 days during that run of theirs. Well, I don't know, actually. Once you get used to losing, I think the effects of this research probably wear off because then you become really stoic about it if you lose all the time. And certainly you and I, Martin, have been through periods with our beloved Spurs where we just got very used to losing, didn't we? And I don't think I got fatter after that. But this research actually shows that if you look at the data, and the professors use archival data and their own data from surveys they did in both North America and France, from uh, NFL fans as well as soccer fans, they looked at how people ate before a game, then immediately after a game, and then the next day. 
Uh, okay, so they, they looked at what the winning team's fans ate on what the losing team's fans consumed. Is, is that right? Yes, yes. And looking at what they ate before the game actually was very important. Well, my experience, Jerome, is the fans actually eat quite a lot before a game. Well, it looks like that. And certainly uh, when you walk around the stadium with people tucking into all those burgers and fried chicken, etc. But actually, what this research is showing is that they eat even more when they lose, especially if the game is an important one, such as against a hated rival. And this is an effect that's after the game. I must stress that. OK, but why is that bad for your health? Well, the research shows that a loss encourages fans to eat more high-fat and high-sugar foods directly after a game and throughout the next day. The pattern seems to be like this. Most games are in the afternoon or the evening, right? Yes. And, Jerome, you're talking about people who actually go to the game are you rather than just the armchair fans no no i'm i'm talking about them but i'm also talking about those who are watching on tv or listening on the radio too this is about fans somebody who is invested in the game i mean i'd say actually that going to the game probably mitigates the effects found in this research but we'll come back to that later that's just my point of view i see actually i think you've got a good point there but anyway go go on, go on. the research showed that in the run-up to the game, as I said, fans ate pretty normally. So, if they were having a good Sunday lunch, these are the armchair fans we're talking about, they would have their usual Sunday lunch. But then, once the game was over, and the effects of the defeat began to sink in, they would reach for sweet and fatty foods to comfort themselves. Well, that's, that's a natural reaction, isn't it? It is, but it's not a healthy one. I, I, indeed. And then w w what about the next day? Well, this is when the effect was actually most marked. Let's say this is a Sunday game, right? OK, so on the Monday afterwards, the defeat really, really rankles. So they eat even more. So they have a bigger breakfast, they have a bigger lunch, they're eating chocolate and sweets, lots of more unhealthy foods. Well, I, I get it. So, so, I mean, what you're saying is if, if your team's on a losing streak, well, then you could, you could really pile on the pounds. Indeed. And if you've already got bad food habits, then things just get worse. OK, so look, that suggests that a winning team's fans are going to be healthier. Well, well, no, it's, it is relative, Martin. Let's say the urge to comfort eat might not be as strong in those fans over time, there could be maybe a marginal difference in their health. The problem is that if you're already in bad shape, supporting a losing team will make you worse. Look, I, I hope you're not saying we should all start supporting winning teams. No, 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 that's absurd, Martin. You know I like to be absurd. I know that. And in a way, Martin, there's a cold logic to that point. But we don't support teams based on logic, now do we? No, most of us don't. Although you can logically decide which team to support without that logical choice having to be a winning team. Uh, that's me being philosophical as well. Anyway, did the research actually quantify the effect of your team losing? I mean, what I mean is, how much more do you eat when they lose? Right, now that's a good question. They estimated that on average, despairing fans consumed 16% more saturated fat and gained 10% more calories from food on the day after a defeat as compared with a normal day. Well, I, I tell you what then, if you're already a big eater, that could really be significant. Definitely, definitely. We decided to do some of our own research here in South Mims, actually. As, as every academic department should. Indeed. We talked to two fans of vastly different teams, Roger, who supports Barnet, and Kyle, who supports Liverpool. Oh, Roger! 
Oh dear, perhaps the world's most stoic football fan. How is he? Well, he's still very stoic. I mean, Barnett still haven't made it back into the Football League. Uh, he'll never give up hope, though. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I must explain that Roger is our admissions officer here at South Mimsview, and he's a lifelong fan of Barnett. But what he told us was quite surprising. It shows that the effect the research highlights works at both ends of the culinary spectrum. So it's not just all pies and burgers, it actually goes to the upper end, or what some people would call the upper end of foodstuffs. Here's what Roger told us yesterday. We were 2-0 up against Woking. Woking? I hate Woking. I don't like the name of the town, the town itself, or anything that came out of it. Except perhaps the jam. Paul Weller is the exception. My ringtone is the first few bars from Eaton Rifles. Anyway, anyway, we were 2-0 up. 20 minutes to go, and I'd planned a nice mushroom risotto with a hint of truffle oil for that evening. I was also going to open a crisp Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. The new world wines are such good value. But within 15 minutes to go, one of our defenders, a clumsy oaf at the best of times, made a mistake. They scored. We collapsed. And so did my spirits. By the second minute of added time, they were 4-2 up. I went home despondent. I ordered a mighty meat apocalypse pizza from Gianni's down the road, glugged an entire bottle of cheap Chianti and demolished a Tesco's trifle or two. The next day was not much better, but I won't admit to the culinary crimes I committed. It's too painful a memory. Can we stop now? Hand me that sausage roll. That, that's heartbreaking. It is. Roger is, as you know, no porker, but he's developed quite a tum recently. Well, I'll tell you what, Barnett need to improve or poor old Roger will have to buy a new set of clothes. Right, yeah, and you know how tight Roger is. He's not going to spend money that easily. Uh, next, we spoke to Kyle. Now, he's a lifelong Liverpool fan. Yeah, I think the research is spot on. Since Klopp's been manager, I've lost like half a stone, which is, for me, that's amazing. But there are still bad days. I still go on a bender when we lose badly, like against Man United. That's when I do the eight Savloy thing. It's disgusting, but I can't help it. If they beat us, I go straight to Ahmed's Kebab Heaven and order his extra spicy Savloys. But he calls them Savloys. But I, I don't think they like traditional Savloys. The worst post-defeat binge was... I can't even bear to think of it still. Stevie G's slip against Chelsea in 2014... A 16-game unbeaten run. We could feel the championship trophy in our hands. Then that slip. Lost 2-0 to Chelsea. And then then this was the killer. Crystal Palace. 3-0 up. And there was open our hearts. And I still don't know what happened. It, it's a blur. It ended 3-3. It was round to Ahmed's and 12 Savaloys. I was in hospital for a week. I feel sick. I'm done, mate. Now, I think that shows there's a range of reactions in terms of comfort eating post-defeat, depending on the, the severity of the loss. And of course, let's face it, who you actually lost to. You're right, there is. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But the researchers did offer some tips to help fans avoid the urge to overeat. Lock yourself away with a bit of salad. Well, not quite. They suggested some mental exercises. Suggesting mental exercises, well, to most fans, that would probably elicit a, oh, incredulity or, or violence. Right. 
yes, it probably would. But that's as maybe. Uh, the researchers who are psychologists, after all, I didn't mention that at the beginning, but they are psychologists, they recommended that a football fan should, after a defeat, sit quietly, think about the defeat in the wider context of their life, and then list what remains positive about their lives, such as their families, relationships, work and prospects. Have you, have you actually tried that? No, but I think I can simulate it. I mean, as I mentioned, we're both Spurs friends, right? We are. I, I've got a soft spot for Leighton Orient. And now here, here in New South Wales, I think I'm going to be developing a worrying attraction to the, the Sutherland Sharks. A minor local team here in Sydney. I mean, I'm fond of Fulham myself, uh, who, are, who are not well, that obscure. Well, never mind your Fulham. Here, as you can tell by the names, they're very fond of animals and wildlife, it seems, when it comes to, to naming teams. I, I, I was pointing that out only the other day to two guys who were respectively fans of the, and you're like this, Parramatta Eels and the Sydney Roosters. Let's focus this on Spurs, just for this exercise, right? We're a point off the top four, let's say, and we play Arsenal. And now I know this has happened to us before, right? And they beat us badly, okay? And we're at home. So what we've got is a treble whammy. Beaten by Arsenal, didn't get into the top four, and we were at home, all right? So I would imagine, Martin, you don't feel that great, right? Absolutely. Okay, so what would be your first urge? I, I wouldn't be thinking about all the uh, all the good things, you know, the the family, the friends, all the all the nice things happening. But equally, to be honest, I wouldn't start tucking into in, into the old snack bars either. I think I don't. I, I think like a lot of fans, I I, I lose my appetite. I think I'd, I'd lose my appetite for a while. Maybe there's an maybe it's a real peak and trough. Maybe the trough is you have the result, you just can't eat. Then. Your, your research kicks in and I, then I think to myself subconsciously, let's start eating. So, so maybe it's the losing appetite initially and then making up for it. But I certainly wouldn't go and, and stuff my face straight away. But then a lot, of, a lot of people do. So the point is that, I mean, my experience is that you get home um, if I've been to the game and there is that urge to, uh, to sort of reach for a bag of crisps or a bit of chocolate to comfort eat. Now, we might not just be the sort of people that would eat too much, I don't know, but uh, I have heard anecdotally of people who really do start to eat a lot and the next day they feel so bad they got ribbed by their friends at work or their friends on WhatsApp or, or uh, on Twitter or whatever. There's been a lot of crowing by the opposition and it just makes you feel bad. Now, that might be a psychological response to any setback. So let's say you have a setback at work and then you might go and eat. Now, I personally don't do that and you probably don't do that, which is why you're so svelte, Martin. Well, I, I didn't like to say it myself, Jerome, but, 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 but thanks for the, 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 the compliment. I don't get many of those from you. But if we, you mentioned Fort William, and I would say that Fort William, that they got so used to losing that it just became normal. And I do remember when Spurs were much more up and down, uh, more down, back in the mid-90s, I think it was, you can correct me on this, that you just got used yeah. to it. They would draw matches they shouldn't draw, they would lose matches against all the big teams, and we just sort of said, oh, well, there we are, and we became stoic about it. So I think repeated loss makes you stoic. The research you quoted didn't, uh, didn't address that. It and didn't. of course, it didn't address, I guess, 
issues around drinking after games? I mean, do people drink more or less? Is it a celebratory drink or is it more likely to be a drink of commiseration? What, where is more alcohol actually consumed? I suppose that's the other issue. Well, what we need to do, I guess, is find a food outlet or a, a cafe or a restaurant near a ground and do some sort of controlled experiment there. So, you know, find out from them how much they sell on a given day when there's a victory, how much they sell when there's a loss. You'd have to build into your control conditions. You'd have to build in, you know, daytime kickoffs as opposed to evening kickoffs, the weather, because you've got all those variables, haven't you? But if you can get that right, then I guess you might have something there. Well, I think this research had quite a few of those variables, but I think you made a very good point about the drinking, and it didn't address drinking at all. And I've noticed that there's what I would call a celebration effect. So that if you win, so let's say you're like Kyle, a Liverpool supporter, and that famous slip by uh, Steven Gerrard had never happened, and they had won that game and then beaten Crystal Palace and won the league that year, then they might have, you might have seen much more drinking rather than eating. So is there, um, is there an effect which we could dub the celebration effect? Or should these researchers have actually looked at alcohol as well? Because in a sense, it's much more logical to think that people would drown their sorrows after a defeat. But I think they isolated food because it was easier to do so. And of course, their research then has only focused on food. So there are many more areas we could look at. So I think maybe the research we need to do is when we lose a, a game, which is probably going to happen quite soon, um, we have to see how we react and make notes. And I think all our listeners could do that and maybe even email us about your uh, experiences at southmimsu at gmail.com. So... If you stopped supporting a team, would you lose weight, do you think? Uh, do you know, I, I was just thinking that. I, I, and I was just thinking there's scope to create diet plans, recipes, etc., depending upon the level of success for the team in question, for their supporters. I think there's a whole food industry or food support industry waiting to be commercially exploited there, isn't there? All right, so maybe we can have um, like a Just Eat Deliveroo app which knows who you support okay so let's say um they know you're at the game and that you'll be home by eight o'clock or six o'clock or whatever it's an afternoon game or 10 o'clock at night and waiting there on the on the on your step is a uh, double pepperoni pizza because spurs lost three nil at home to burnley Maybe that's a business idea for you, Martin. We could even have the food colour-coded, couldn't we? So, that, for instance, it didn't clash with the, with the colours of the team that had just beaten us and things like that. Exactly. So if you lose to Arsenal, the box doesn't have any red on it. Anyway, I think in the end, Martin, we have to be more stoic. We just have to control ourselves. So, Martin, I think we've had a very delicious discussion. We have, and I'm certainly fortified by it, Jerome, absolutely. Thank you, dear listeners, for your attention, and we'll be back with another look at some surprising aspects of soccer and sport from the world of academia. Whoever you support, keep the faith, and don't eat too much. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.